I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing the podcast hello and welcome to the hardcore listing podcast i'm Stu whiffin joining me but not joining me today is christopher glasson he can't be here for this one uh, so i'm flying solo um but i have two guests joining me so this is going to be a wonderful chat before i introduce them i just need to do some shout outs to our sponsors so firstly i want to shout out the summer academy uh so Sai over at the summer academy has been sponsoring his podcast for uh, a long time now and uh, and if you've ever had an, uh, an interest in, in in martial arts essentially karate but he does do uh other styles as well then go check at sama-academy.co.uk as well as that um you you can actually work for, for summer as well so there's so many opportunities for you uh over at that academy so reach out to site and um, we always tag him on all the posts on socials so give him a follow and and drop him a message uh, to find out more about the benefits of martial arts for uh, not just for, for for the physical sides of things, but um, it's, it's it's really good for a bit of headspace as well. Um, uh, and also, you get to learn how to smash other people's heads in as well. So it's absolutely incredible. Uh, totally recommend it. So that's sam-academy.co.uk. Uh, the other podcast uh, that is involved in this is the Say What podcast, uh, and they've been sponsoring this for. Ages as well. If you've not checked that podcast out, it's hosted by the Big Papa J uh, and the Notorious F A Double T. It's, uh, I mean, you you know those guys from the times that they've guested on this podcast. It's uh, absolute carnage what they do. Um, it's an absolute red flag for anybody contemplating um, smoking drugs. Um, if you ever want to know what it can, you know, what the downsides of that are, then go and listen to that podcast because you will see it is an absolute car crash. Um, but it will make you laugh. So that is the Say What podcast, um, which is one of the two sponsors of this podcast. Anyway, I've said the word podcast a lot, so it makes sense that I'll say it one more time and introduce uh, the hosts of the Neighbourhood Rewatch podcast, J.K. and Adam. Hello. 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 Thanks thank for having you. us. Yeah, Absolute thank you very much for having us. Uh, I want to say as well, those those ad reads were fantastic. I am sold on both those. Yeah? Straight away, yeah. Straight away. Fantastic. Uh, That's good. Go check out that podcast and also learn that smash someone's face in. <laughs> I would love to do that. I am a small man, so I would love to be able to smash someone's head in. It might do me some good stead. <laughs> there you go. Did you hear that, sponsors? It works. 
uh, <laughs> sign up for another year. <clears throat> okay. Well, look, we we met um, uh, through Pop Bible, and uh, we we had a chat, and we done an interview for Pop Bible, and once we got chatting about um, your podcast. It made so much sense that I was like, look, you need to come on and do a top five because this is this is so much fun. And before we get on to your top five, which obviously is, is in line with uh with, with your, your podcast, tell us a little bit about it before we uh we jump into your top five. Adam, do you want to take this one? I'm gonna let you take this one. Oh wow, okay. So it's called the Neighborhood Rewatch. It is a neighbors themed podcast the tv show neighbors the much beloved australian soap opera um it's about that sometimes it's it's based all around that we watch old episodes we talk about them but we go off topic very quickly and end up chatting can I say random shit? Can I say that on this podcast? You certainly can, mate. We, we talk a lot of random shit that's loosely themed about Neighbours, to be honest. Um, we give our opinions on it. Um, we do love it, but then we also are not shy about taking the piss out of it as well. Can I say taking the piss out on, on this podcast? You can say whatever you fucking taking want, Taking the mate. piss out of it. We yeah. do that as well, a lot as well. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, look. Tell us uh, 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 what, what your top five is going to be, because I know obviously it's in line with with the pod. Uh, so it's going to be the top five neighbours moments. Wonderful. What I like our about top this. five neighbours yeah. moments. Yeah, ah. that's that's very important. It's our top five neighbours moments. Right. I think that's very important because when we spoke last time, Stu, you you obviously are familiar with Neighbours. You watched it and you were very much from the Kylie and Jason era. You mm. were you were saying we need to talk about that, especially for you and all that kind of stuff. Not going to happen. Yeah, I ain't. We, we are not Scott Mills. We are not doing the predictable <laughs> radio, um, please love me, please come on the show, Kylie. We're not doing that. Um, largely because Kyla would never come on our show. Mm. Um, so we have picked maybe moments that aren't necessarily what people would go to straight away, but they're ones that either cracked us up or we thought, oh, I remember that. That was, a, that was a great moment. So it's our moments. It's not the ones you might be expecting. So if you've tuned in, for especially for you by Kylie and Jason right now, Hate to say this, Stu, but they might as well they might as well get off because we're not going to be talking about that. Jake, I have a word. We're literally five <laughs> minutes in, and he's telling me listeners to turn off. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, I, I know that when we did speak, you was like, "No, we're going to do our top five. and 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 I think that's good because I'm not being funny. We've all seen the wedding under the times, and we've all seen those yeah. iconic scenes so many times. So I like the fact that you're digging a little deeper. So let's jump in with 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 number five. What are you going to go for? What are you kicking off with? We're kicking off with Susan slips on some milk and thinks she's 16. <laughs> just pause Which... to just brief that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, that's fantastic... fucking remarkable, right? Yeah, it's a fantastic headline on its own, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so what happens? Susan's, Susan's at home. She's Susan Kennedy, don't just, like, just yeah, in sorry. case. Susan Kennedy, one, one half of... Really, the most iconic couple, I think, Carl and Susan Kennedy from Neighbours, um, who've been in it a long time. I think they've done about 30 years, haven't they, really? Oh, those two all in. Um, yeah, 
she she is the the matriarch of neighbours. She was she was one that was voted for voted by Erinsborough News website as the top neighbour. So there you go. We said we're not doing the obvious ones. We're doing a storyline with neighbour number one here, top neighbour. Wow, I had a massive yeah. crush on Susan Kennedy growing up. Yeah, but she was. A, a, a mature lady. Yeah, she was a hot mum. What, mom, what, what she? was it? What was it, Stu, that brought you in to Susan Kennedy? I don't know. I mean, you I'm... thought Holly Valance is there, not interested. Did, you I, thought I, Kylie's I... there, not interested. You went, this school teacher, mm. she's the one for me. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure if I was on a sort of chaise lounge with a shrink, they could dig deep down into it and find out that there was probably some kind of weird obsession with a a teacher when I was at school and then it just kind of mirrored that. I don't know. It, it, I mean, you mentioned Valance and things like that. That was a little bit, that was around the time I dipped out, I think. But I've only ever had one calendar in my life and I had a Natalie Imbruglia calendar. Okay. Yeah. That is a, that is a good calendar to have. Yeah. What was your, fa- what was your favorite month from that, from that calendar? Uh, I mean, I ain't being funny. It was that the front of January was the scene from the Torn video where she's just got the, I mean, she's had the haircut. She's no longer Beth. She's Natalie and Brilliant. Uh, was, oh she didn't life. do much else though. Was was February also the scene from the Torn video and then March? It was that Torn video again. It was. <laughs> I think there might have been a bit of tinsel in December. Yeah, but it was just it was the same on the Torn video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I actually um I chased uh through Lakeside Shopping Centre uh, Natalie Imbruglia. It was fucking embarrassing. Um <laughs> she was she was on stage around the time, probably maybe pre-torn, where she was sort of in this sort of trying to carve out a post neighbour's career. And she was on stage um and uh, with Mr. Motivator. Uh, doing a workout, and I literally was pushing elderly citizens and kids out the way to get to the front just to get an was eye. It, was it actually for Imbruglia, though, or was it for Motivator? Is, is... <sighs> Spandex did do something for us, man, but <laughs> Imbruglia, fucking hell, she looked remarkable. And and when she sort of got removed from the stage and was just sort of being walked through the shopping centre by security, I was literally running after her. I don't know why. I don't know what I would have said had I would have got <laughs> that moment in front of her. But uh, absolutely ridiculous. But uh, and and on that, bizarrely enough, and another really weird thing that I'll just uh, uh, cram in here. I was uh, on my music podcast. I was interviewing this uh, this songwriter that I got asked if uh, I'd have him on because he's um, he's putting out this new record, and he was, you know, it looked like he'd sort of, and I'm, I mean this with the kindest uh, of respect, sort of been around the block a bit of the industry, and he'd, he'd done lots. And I didn't realise just what he'd done as a songwriter. And uh, it, it, I mean, turned out he was in the Cure for a while, and currently playing guitar for Brian Adams and all of this stuff. And I was looking over his shoulder in Zoom, like you do, and I could just see this huge house. And I was like, he must have done all right. And I said, so what do you do in between, you know, the Cure and and Johnny Ace Jazz and that? And he went, I just wrote some songs. And I was like, all right, what did you write? He went, uh, I wrote Torn for Natalie and Brulia, and I just <laughs> thought, up. fucking hell. And he went, yeah, and I wrote Girls and Boys for Pixie Lot. And yeah, it just turned out he was this prolific songwriter. If you've wrote Torn, mate, you have yeah. made a few Bob yeah. there. Like, 
But, you uh, cannot go in at B&M Bargains near me without hearing Todd. <laughs> is it the original or is it like a no, covers version? No, it's, De- it's Debbie who does the checkout on a Friday night who's doing it. But what a banger, though. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, tell me some more about what happens to Susan uh, in her new life as a 16-year-old. <laughs> so, yeah, she slipped on some milk. She was in a rush to get to the pub because... Her and Carl Kennedy are always on the piss. Uh, so, yeah, she bangs her head. She gets found later on, gets taken to hospital. Uh, hospital is rubbish, by the way. They just send her straight on. This guy, yeah, she's fine. No problem. Uh, so, but she wakes up the next day and she thinks, fuck, I'm 16 here. What the fuck am I doing in this house? Uh, she she actually thinks she's lost 30, grade, uh, 30 years. She's got retrograde amnesia, mm. which is a real thing. I did. This is it. They didn't settle for just regular amnesia. They didn't just go, oh, she probably don't know where she is or she can't remember her husband or whatever. They went, oh, let's make her 16. And it was good. Like she looks in the mirror and she's like, okay, I look a little bit older. But she looks at her hands and hands are always a giveaway. Mm. Always a giveaway. She was like, she's got these gnarled up old, they're only, she's only about 40 at this time. These, (laughs) these hands. And she's like, what is going on here? And she realizes she thinks, is it that she thinks it's a birth? She's woken up after a birthday and she's hung yeah. over or something. Yeah, she thinks she's got the worst hangover in the world because the last thing she can remember was the night before, which was her 16th birthday, and she'd snuck some champagne in. So she's woke incredible. up the next day and gone, fuck me, this is a Look bad at my hands. Look at the state of my hands. <laughs> I'm, 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 her husband's full name's Dr. Cole Kennedy, isn't it? Mm. Did he yeah. not pick up on the, you know, on what was going down? So, so this is it. Like she gets sent home. Fair enough. They think she's okay, but then when they find all find this out, they go, "Oh, yeah, that's a bit weird." They don't like do any tests. They don't send her to a shrink or anything. They go, "Yeah, tricky one that." <laughs> don't, know what, don't know what to do there. They don't know what to do. They just leave, just leave it. Anyway, what's for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Crucially as well, nobody just tries it in the back over their head again, which I feel like if you're not sure what to do, whack her over the head, see if see if that yeah. works. If not, no, it's system like, restore, yeah. yeah. That's cartoon yeah. 101, really, isn't it? If you have 100%. had a bad fall and you've forgotten something, you hit them again, it all comes back. No one ever does that. But then she starts, she starts enjoying it a little bit first because she can go to the pub because technically she is... 40 odd. So she's like, well, I can, I can order whatever I want from the pub and they're going to serve me. Brilliant. So she starts doing that a little bit to begin with. A bit like in Big, where Tom Hanks is like, whoa, I'm old, but I can, so I can rent a car and do yeah. all this weird stuff. I can get a trampoline in my living room. All that, all that. But then after a while, he starts to take a bit of a dark turn because Carl, Dr. Carl Kennedy, as you mentioned, doctor, he's still, he's, he, he's his wife, he's mortified, he's like, but he still, he still wants to like bang her a little bit as well. Oh so she's 16 in her head. In his head, she's 40 odd. And it's just this really uncomfortable kind of, she thinks she's 16, you're trying to get, you're trying to get her into bed and remarry her. It's a bit <laughs> off putting out of nowhere. He's grooming his own 40-year-old wife. He is. <laughs> he might have found a loophole there, but I still think he's sketchy. <laughs> dear, oh dear. 
So then, so she's she's not going for this at all. She's like, hang on, I'm 16. Like, it's not happening, pal. But then she remembers her high school boyfriend from when she's 16. She tracks him down, even though he is now 40-odd. She runs away to his farm and just shacks up with him. <laughs> Does this go over multiple episodes? It lasts 18 years, this storyline. <laughs> it's the longest running storyline ever. That's absolute insania. I'm loving this. <laughs> so, so, yeah, the, the boyfriend is tempted, but he brings her back. What happens with that? He brings yeah, her back. He brings- he, he he wrestles with his conscience and go no I can't do it so and she's your problem again now I've uh, washing my hands of this one thank you very much well, he's had his um, fun hasn't he yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah he says he wrestles with his conscience but nobody believed him if Susan Kennedy turns up you know a forty year old Susan Kennedy turns up and knocks on your door and says that you know she's been chasing you for a lifetime you are letting Susan Kennedy in your ass. 100%. Oh, yeah, she can crash as long as she wants. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, does Cole save the day? Like, how, how, does, how does she come back to reality? Uh, and this is one of the reasons we picked this storyline, because it's got the kind of classic neighbours conclusion to this storyline. Uh, Susan does start to remember stuff. Uh, she has an argument with Carl about something, and she kind of has like a flashback to when she slapped the shit out of Carl when he was having an affair with uh, with his secretary. Uh, and that starts to bring other memories back. Um, but eventually they just kind of forget about it, which is... Well, that always- <laughs> that, yeah. we, that's one yeah. of the things we, we love about Neighbours is they can spend, like, as I say, this lasted, it wasn't quite 18 years, but it was a long storyline. And then after a while they go... Should we do something else? And they just <laughs> kind of leave it. Um, and it just kind of gets faded out. And they get re- they do get remarried, don't they? They do the vows and they get they, they get married again, which is which is a big moment, um, which is good. Well, yeah, they just they just never resolve it. So still kind of to this day, she's lost 30 years of her. She's completely lost 30 years. She remembers the odd bit and bob, but this is incredible. <laughs> Who did who did Carl have the affair with? Uh, the, it's, well, we, there's, there's plenty. The first one was his secretary, uh, Sarah Sarah Beaumont. Right. Uh, yeah, that was the first one. That was the one that she was the big one. Yeah, that was the big one when Susan slaps him when she finds out. Oh, he's uh, a dirty dog then. He's been putting it about since. Oh, yeah, because then a couple of years later, remarried, forgetting all about what's gone before, uh, he starts shagging uh, Izzy Hoyland. Uh, dear, oh dear. Carl, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a, there's a whole storyline with that where there's father, children, fake children. Susan marries someone else. Then they remarry again. It's 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 classic soap fair. But yeah, Carl is a dirty, dirty dog. They've been married three times now. Three times, yeah. Beautiful thing. <laughs> Well, if she be, keeps forgetting, then it's like the first yeah. time, isn't it? That's yeah. <laughs> Theoretically, the second time he married a different person. He like, did. Because if she, yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do, Stu? What would you do if you slipped on some milk? Yeah. Um. No point crying over it, obviously. What Standard. would you do if you banged your head? You woke up. You're 16. Forgetting Brulia. 
with that, I think that would probably be high on your list. What else would you do? What are you thinking? Uh, with a 16-year-old's mindset. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's still you, how you appear, but you are 16 in your head. What are you doing? I'd probably go to a strip bar um, okay. as, as a 16-year-old lad because yeah. that's the sort of thing when I was growing up, you know, you'd, you'd be watching films like Porky's and that, and it was all about, you know, 16, you know, wanting to be 18 and, and go and experience sort of, uh, you know, all the the, 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 the the trappings of things that you get when you're 18, you know. Yeah. Oppor- yeah. So I think... Maybe that. Um... Do you want to hear a very, very quick story about JK Strip Club? Yes, please. Okay, so this is it's a little bit wedding related as well, so it does kind of fit in. So his stag do um, went to went to a strip club. He was dressed as a rhinestone cowboy. Let's call it. Let's call it that. Full on like camp cowboy attire, um, like Ken in the new Barbie film, cowboy. Loving this. Brilliant stuff. Um, so we go to the strip club. We're all a little bit, oh, this is awkward a little bit because it is a bit, mm. um, but we'll we'll do it because it's kind of a tradition-y kind of thing. So we arrange, well, no, to get him in, we handcuffed him because he was pretty, he was protesting a little bit. So we put him in the handcuffs. Would he behind your back or in the front? That might not be. Uh, behind my back. Behind your back. Okay, cool. So the handcuffs are on. He's in. We organise not just a, a dance for him, but we put him on the stage. Um, and th- was the two or three? There was three. Well remembered. <laughs> <laughs> there was three girls and they did a great show and everything. Brilliant. The whole dance, the whole routine while he sat on a chair on a stage, handcuffed behind his back. Brilliant. He was living his best life. I think he was considering calling the whole thing off. Um, with his with his future bride, but that's brilliant. Chill out afterwards. Thank the girls and everything. We find out that that the handcuffs are getting tighter and tighter round his round his wrist. You cannot get these handcuffs off. off. And I'm he, he wants a drink by this stage. He's sick of us like just trying to give him so. So he's, we say, yeah, you can have a drink. Can't get the handcuffs off. Cannot get them off. And I'm wriggling. I'm panicking a little bit. Yeah. I'm wriggling. And, I'm wriggling. Tighter, and they're getting who's, tighter who's, and tighter who's got and tighter. We did we didn't have did we not have one? It was there was something we didn't have a, too hard with the key. The key might not yeah. have worked or something. But then so we so we were like, right, the strippers are probably use handcuffs a lot. They'll be able to help get him out. Nope. Three <laughs> strippers who were like now like still partially dressed or whatever, trying to get him out of these handcuffs. It was there was like eight people trying to get yeah. this poor bastard out. We bring, <laughs> we bring this entire strip club down. Everybody stops dancing and tries to concentrate on getting me out of these handcuffs. <laughs> like lights come up and everything. Like yeah, yeah. it just it ruins the entire vibe. Amazing. There's all the whole place. old men that come in there and literally just been privy to the like the shittest Houdini show you've ever seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any kind of sexiness or like oh, it's gone. The lights have come up. You see how sticky the floor is, and this and oh yeah, not good. Oh, I love the fact that all the baby out. oil from the strippers is being squirted on these cuffs to try and get you out of it. <laughs> But honestly, the the roar that went up around the place when I finally got out of these handcuffs. Yeah. It was like David Blaine coming out of that box. Everyone was like, some people cheered and other people were like, you're a dickhead, mate. No. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Number four. Number four. Uh, Drew. Drew Kirk falls off a horse. 
Remind me, Drew, did Drew have long hair? He yeah. did. He had he the had... greatest hair since David Ginola. He was fabulous. Yeah, I remember now. I remember yeah. now. Um, so this one is like that. We're, we're having some fun there with, you know, Kyle and Susan and becoming 16. This one is the opposite. This one on rewatch. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Still hurts to this day. Jesus. Yeah. Go on, tell him what happened. So, yeah. So, Drew and wife Libby, Libby Kennedy, daughter of Carl and Susan, uh, they're offered by Drew's dad a chance to go up and manage a ranch and raise horses and sell them. Which Kirk is, and son. Yeah, Kirk and son. It's been Drew's dream since he was a kid. So, they go up there uh, and his dad lays out the business plan. And they're like, yeah, we're in on this. This is fantastic. Living out in the country. Uh, we get to be a cowboy, basically fantastic. But there's new baby one as well. Remember, they've got a new, brand new baby boy that they thought they would never going to have. Oh, this sounds like they've got their whole world ahead of them. It sounds so yeah. exciting. Couldn't be it's, more perfect. I know, and, and they're so excited. And there's one horse that they've been struggling to break. Right. Recently, he's he's just got a little glint in his eye, and he's just not playing ball. So Drew he's got Kirk, more than a little glint. He's an absolute bastard. This horse. Yeah. He's like the <laughs> worst horse. He's like the devil horse. <laughs> what would you not do, Stu, if you had a new baby, um, all your life ahead of you, like you say, and a bastard horse? What would you not do? I wouldn't get on that horse. You wouldn't get on that <laughs> fucking horse, would you? No. <laughs> but there's only one man who can tame this wild beast. Yeah, it's Drew Cook. Drew Kirk is fully confident he can do this. So he gets on within about 0.3 seconds, gets absolutely yeeted off this horse. As he land. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. He he knows he's fucked instantly. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he's fucked. He's on the floor and he literally comes over. All right. He, he just goes, no, I'm fucked. I am absolutely <laughs> fucked. <laughs> You're like when you really hurt yourself. Yeah. Uh, I did it quite recently on holiday, actually. Uh, I was on a water slide and like one of the ones with the little rings round and then you kind of come down. And I 
came down, hit it pretty hard, and then I flipped off the ring, off like the the catchment bit onto the tiles on the floor. And I just lay there going, I'm fucked here. I'm pretty Even your little boy came over and went, you're fucked, didn't he? Like, <laughs> <I was> like... <laughs> Obviously, once he'd stopped filming. <laughs> what did he say to you? Didn't he say you, that it's just a bit of fall damage or something? Yeah, I took some fall damage. My, my son's obsessed with Minecraft and fall damage. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about the extent of fall damage, fall damage for uh, for Drew. Yeah, what was it? Uh, it was a hundred. It was absolutely a hundred. This fall damage. Uh, he gets. He gets. Air ambulance comes down straight away, and he he's, he knows straight away. He's like, tell tell my son I love him. Oh my god. He knows straight away, and so they fly him out to hospital. Everybody That's the cliffhanger, isn't it? That's the cliffhanger yeah. for that episode. It's like they put him in the ambulance, or yeah, the air air, air ambulance, and you're like, well, Drew's a big character. Like at, the, at that time, he was one of the, like probably one of the top five characters on the show at the time. He was he'd done a lot of stuff, but it just it just gone a little bit quiet for him. He was happy, so he, he hadn't had any dramatic storylines for a little bit. He was just happy. Oh. So you thought, oh, this why is can't they just let them be happy? He might leave the show. They might leave the show and be happy. No, not a chance. So the next episode, it picks it up, doesn't it, at the hospital? I think. Yeah. So neighbors does this quite a lot. It'll it'll generate like a cliffhanger. So you're like, fuck, I need to watch this again tomorrow now. So this it'll come out of nowhere. Like you'll just see, for example, like. Howard walking down the street and he falls over in front of the street and then you'll see a car coming. You're like, oh, fucking eat and watch tomorrow now. See if he gets runs over. Mm. And then usually what happens, the next scene, you like you pick up the next day and the guy slams the brakes on and everything's fine. Nothing's happened. And he's like one of those neighbours ones where they go, we'll leave that. We yeah. Got, yeah, you're watching again, but nothing bad's going to happen. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, this one, not the case, unfortunately. <laughs> they actually kill him off on screen. Holy off shit. Screen. Just, Completely Does Libby get to the bedside before? No. 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 Nothing. Bad. Literally. She's, she's at home with the new baby, yeah? Yeah. Brand new so, baby. They're at the waiting room. Like People are in the waiting room and they're all like, well, it's Drew. He's a pretty big deal on the show. He's like so handsome. Have you seen his hair? He'll probably be fine. Yeah. He's got that new baby and everything. And like the doctor comes out and goes, oh. And Carl got, like Carl's there. And he kind of goes, well, he's probably fine. And the doctor's like, oh. And they, they don't know how it's like. They, no one told the rest of the cast that this guy was going to be killed off. Because everyone goes, well, he's probably, what? And they go, yeah, he's fucked, mate. He's gone. <laughs> and that's it. And everyone just kind of goes, what? Oh, my life. Yeah. It's horrific. It- yeah, Was, has there really ever been good. another hospital waiting room moment like when Daphne was dying and Des does the kind of you hear him like talking to God, like referring to God as mate, um, like them, them kind of waiting room conversations. Like, yeah, it was still one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in in the, the history of film. Was that? And uh, <laughs> has there ever been any more sort of moments like that? Did, did Joe Mangle do something when Kerry was? Uh, on on Kerry death's got, door. Kerry got shot, didn't yeah. she? She was a hunt yeah. saboteur, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. She was protesting a duck hunt and then got shot during a duck hunt. 
<laughs> Which proves she was right to protest it because they are fucking dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> there you yeah. go. She learned that. Well, yeah, she learned a very hard should... lesson now. Yeah, but usually, like, characters get that bit where they're on the hospital bed and they get to go, they, it, you know, the beeps just go and it flatlines and they yeah. get to uh, roll their head and stick the tongue out and you're like, oh, how sad they've gone. But they were like, no, we're not even going to show you this. He's just dead to deal with it. Get on with your lives. Was there no Drew montage or anything like that? Nothing. Nothing. We we spoke to the actor as well and he was like, yeah, I was already halfway down Australia at this point. They didn't even want me to film it. They just, go, <laughs> they just told me to get off. Wow. So did you right? So you've interviewed him on the pod, yeah. Mm. So so what was there like some sort of beef with the writers or the or the production team or like? It was uh, he, he kind of just done it, hadn't he? He, he kind yeah. of like he, he wasn't really an actor to begin with anyway. He just kind of got the role and then he did it for a period of time. He just kind of had enough. He wanted to go off traveling. He wanted to go off doing other things. So I think how they do it, they have quite. Um, specific contract lengths. There's not it's not like, oh, you're booked in forever and we'll just do something like that. They kind of and it was coming his his was coming to an end and it was kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get off cheers. Um I don't know if the like the writers might have thought, oh we we wanted him to stick around a bit so they gave him a bit of a bum ending, but um Thing he is. wasn't fussed about it was he wasn't like oh I can't believe I didn't get a big you know heartfelt send off or anything. He was like, yeah, I'd already left. People with hair and faces like that generally have good lives, whatever they do. Oh, some of the stuff this guy's doing. What is he doing now? When we spoke to him, he was going off and he was um, photographing a, a shipwreck or something and he was swimming with sharks and he does like lots of photography for uh, travel documentaries and things like that. He's he's literally the manliest man. If you like... You know, I, oh, I've got the biggest like crush on him. He's <laughs> he's he's he looks ridiculous. He, he must smell fantastic. And he's like on the show. He was like riding these horses. He was a mechanic. He was like doing every. He did the full Monty. He had the biggest penis. He was doing all sorts of stuff. And then he quits, and you find out the real man swims with sharks and. I mean, Arab fuck me, Adam. That's a, that's a calendar, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> yes, I'd chase him through a shopping centre. <laughs> oh, love it, love it. All right then, gents, what you got at number three? Uh, number three is the the Scully family arrives to fuck shit up. Scully family. When? When? What year so, is this roughly? So this is like ninety nine. So this is probably when you dipped out from what you said earlier. Remind me of the Scully family. So uh, there's Joe, the dad, Lynn, the mum, and then there's the three daughters, uh, Steph Scully, Flick, who is Holly Valance, and Shell, the young right. kid. Okay. Um, okay. It's like you said before about Des one of the, being one of the best bits of TV you've ever seen. This, for me, is uh, screen white, screenwriting 101. Like within a minute, you get a sense of every single character, and it's – just so, and, you, and you you watch that going, oh my god, this family is amazing. I cannot wait to watch what they get up to. It's absolutely fantastic. So there's a shit boring family that leaves, and you watch them drive off the end of the street. Gives it a beat. This fucking this van just tears around the fucking corner. 
rise up on the drive. Probably not. I'm, I'm assuming they knock a letterbox down as well. I might have made that up though. But absolutely just fucking tear onto the scene. The dad gets out and he's just the most Australian dad you've ever seen in your life. Curly mulletish hair, uh, jean jacket. Just, just fantastic. The mum gets out and she's not any mum you've ever seen before. Proper gaudy sunglasses, leotard. She's carrying a kettle because she she wants to fucking brew the second she gets there. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then you get the daughters come out. You get Steph, who is this biker girl. So oh, she's, yeah. she's... I've yeah. just pulled him up on Google. I remember him. He's the ultimate Aussie geezer, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, to, dude. Go on, carry on. You had Steph, who was like this biker chick, but smoking hot biker chick. Like at that time, like she was the kind of girl you'd have on posters in a mechanic. Like Drew Kirk would have a poster of her in his his mechanics uh, shop. Then Definitely. you had Holly Valance, who is Holly Valance. You know what else is there to say? She yeah. was phenomenal. And then you had Shell Scully, who was like the cuter one, the younger one. Um, they had a dog tear out of the the camper van and everything. And the, like the first people they meet are Carl and Susan Kennedy. So he's a doctor. She's like an English teacher at the school. They're very proper and everything. It's like, and they're like, welcome, to, welcome to the street. We're the Kennedys. And Joel Scully's like, we're the Scullies, you cunts. Straight away, <laughs> he's not bothered by 35. Um, it is because Ramsey Street is very middle class. Let's be honest about it. It is. It is hugely middle class. And then this absolute working class family just show up and everybody's tail gets up straight away. They're like, oh, fuck you now. It's not sure deal with these. When working class people turn up in Ramsey Street, it is it is divisive, isn't it? Like Joe Mangle was very working class, wasn't yeah. he? And mm. people weren't sure what to make of him. It took him a while, didn't it? Well, that's it. Cut you. You have to almost pick a side straight away. Are you going to be with Carl and Susan, the originals, and who were there already? And like, oh, you should behave like this on Ramsey Street, even though more shit happens there than any other street in Australia. Um, or are you going to give these new these new characters a chance and see what they're going to get? Because a lot of people move into the street, um, and some don't resonate with an audience, or some don't quite have it and they don't some of them are just brought in as a family and they almost don't know what to do with them but here you had at the time you had five of them you even had a mystery because they also had the son who you only started hearing about in a couple of weeks later jack scully who wasn't there who was a premier league football player player in the uk they just dropped that in and it's like is he though? Are we ever going to meet this guy? And later on, you do. Um, and he knows David Beckham and all this bullshit. They've got like something for the UK audience going on. But but these characters, this family, straight away, it was like like you said, an instant. You get a, a sense of who they are, and you got behind them straight away. And they were instantly putting storylines because you had three girls that were pretty good looking. You had them mixing shit up in the street with all the lads. You had the conflict between Joe Scully and Carl Kennedy and Lynn and Susan. You had loads going on straight away. It was like they went all in on this family and it paid off. Yeah, so we just like of all the families, like a new character coming in, they're the best. They're the they hit the ground running with them. Yeah. Love it. it li literally a minute as well. I timed it. It's 60 seconds. And you like I said, you just got a sense of everybody. And you're just like, I cannot wait to watch this show. I'm going to say 
three words to you. I just want to kind of gauge your response. Home and away. <laughs> it was not for us. So my wife is Australian. My wife. My wife. <laughs> my, wife. <laughs> my wife is from Brisbane. And she cannot get her head around the fact that in the UK, we love neighbours over home and away. She's like, no, in Australia, neighbours is... Uh, home and away is the the premier soap over there. Um, we just never, never, yeah, just it growing up, did we? Well, I, I don't know if they, I don't know if they played it at the same time as Neighbours. So you had a, a choice to no, make. No, 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 no. Home and away was uh, ten past five, and Neighbours was five thirty-five. So oh. uh, yeah, and it was the same lunchtime. It, it always went like half hour before. Oh. So yeah, it was a conscious choice. I don't know. I think. In the 80s, 90s, you did have to kind of draw the battle lines a little bit, I think. Like, you were Sega or you were Nintendo. You were Neighbours or you were Home and Away. Mm. Mm. So it was just, it was never something we got into. Uh, we've subsequently become friends with our Home and Away uh, podcasters. You say friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's still that rivalry there, that's the thing. There's still that bubbling under going, our show's better than yours. My... Uh... My, my brother emigrated to uh, Australia. Uh, fucking hell. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many years ago. And uh, I remember sort of saying to him, like, because he just went traveling and just, just didn't come back. And I was like, why are you staying out there, man? And I promise you, he just went, I haven't met Libby Kennedy yet. And like, he <laughs> literally has been on a mission. I mean, he's married with kids out there now, but his goal <laughs> was to find Libby Kennedy and marry her. And I was like, it's a long shot, bro. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's still out there living that dream. You've got to dream big, mate. Yeah. You've got to dream big. <laughs> oh, wonderful. All right. What we got on number two? Number two, uh, a joy flight to Tasmania brings no joy. Who's on the flight? Most of the cast. So uh, business mogul, business bastard, Paul Robinson, 
Uh, is he decided, still a bastard? He is still a massive bastard. I feel like it depends what week it is and what the, who's written the episodes that week. Because like he'll be an absolute bastard one week, and then the like the week after he's like building uh, building bridges and sorting it all out again. At this stage, though, he is he has been a bit of a bastard, hasn't he? But he's been quite nice in this episode. He's arranged this flight for people. You said pretty much the whole cast is on this flight. It's the people who were booked on these episodes because <laughs> I I rewatched it when we decided we were going to do this one. And you've got people like coming up with shit excuses to not get on this plane because their contracts not up yet. <laughs> like they're like, "Oh, no, I'm, I don't I don't think I can make it." I've, one person says, "I've got some stuff to sort out." <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. Just say, oh, we're going on the plane. No, I've got some stuff to sort out. Oh, right, okay. Your contract's been renewed. Okay, see you later. Is that, is that what Chris said? Is that why he's not here today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he fell off a horse yesterday. He's, uh, <laughs> it's not good, mate. It's not good. <laughs> well, they have got some people, like, like Susan Kennedy's got on this plane and like Harold, like Harold Bishop, the bishops have got on. Harold's not got on, but the bishops have. Who's the bishops? Uh, Madge? No, she's she's... Croaked it a long time ago. Right, right. Uh, what e- what era one, are we talking? Is it about uh, 05? Yeah, about 05, this right. one. Right. Um, so, you've got so like Sky it... Mangles on there, Joe Mangles' daughter, her boyfriend at the time. At, at this Neal, point, he's on there. Lots of uh, kids, like it's the kids of the original characters start yeah. coming onto the show now. It's like the, the second or third generation of the, these families start coming on. So, yeah, there's some pretty big hitters on this plane. Um, yeah, it's a 1940s style joy flight. It's a promotional thing for because Paul Robinson owns all these hotels around the world. Is it still Lasseter's? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a well-established brand. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Point, yeah. Ain't broke. Don't need fixing. And if I take a trip anywhere, I'm like, where's the nearest Lasseter's? Yeah. Yeah, you know you're going to get good shit. <laughs> <laughs> So how did it, what, I didn't see this bit, but what was the, uh, well, I did when it originally happened, but not on the rewatch thing. How did they give these tickets out? You said to me, it was some sort of like Willy Wonka golden chi- golden uh, ticket kind of thing going on. Yeah, very much so. It was, it, like I said, it was a promotional thing for the hotel. So people can apply for them. There's like raffles. Uh, but, but again, everyone's just fucking passing these tickets long. Yeah. Like you wouldn't believe uh, people buying chocolate bars. And this whole- is on global Lasseter's, like you say. But only twelve people from Ramsey Street actually won these tickets. So I'm wow. not saying it was a fix, but it's a bit odd that, yeah. that one cool de sack in Australia has, has won all. If they did the postcode lottery, wow, <laughs> yeah. they would be quids in over there. It's not what you know, is it? Right. <laughs> so they so, get on. They're all on the plane. But and the purpose of it is where they're going. Where Tasmania? Tasmania. Yeah. Right. For what? Is there something there? It's, it's, it's what they call a joy flight. They are apparently in the... I, I don't know why. Flying isn't joyful, and it certainly wasn't in the 1940s, I can't imagine. Uh, but apparently people in the 1940s used to just go on flights just to see the sights and then get back at the airport, get back on the plane, fly back over again. I think they're going to they're gonna stay the night at like Lasseter's Tasmania or something, aren't they? Because Susan, she's on there. She's not seen Carl Kennedy at this point. She, she's seen this other guy. This must be when, after one of his cheating things, she cannot wait to get in the hot tub with this guy. She's filth. 
So this this might be part of the reason why you like her as well. She's like, for no reason. Everyone else is like, oh, yeah, this is going to be nice flying on this plane. She's like, have they got hearts up? Ooh, that sounds good. Straight away, yeah, she's up for it. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so they all get on this flight. Uh, but somebody put a bomb on it. <laughs> Whoa, don't laugh that serious dry drama, Stu. <laughs> I just think, if you've got an issue and you're going to take something out, why are you going to take down a joyous flight with 12 people that just live down a random street in America? It's not, it's not a big statement, is it? I mean, it is. <laughs> it's not a political move, is it? No, this is because... Th- you find out later on this is because the person who set the bomb has got a particular beef with one character on the show because of previous storylines and stuff like that. Instead of going to that person's house and having a, a word with them, or, or even smashing the red in. Yeah, smashing the red in. They obviously didn't hear those ads. No. But they've not done that. They've not taken it upon themselves to do, even like the extreme soap kind of way, or go and shoot them or whatever on a on a dark night or whatever, it's, we'll, we'll bomb this plane. Fucking hell. Go hard or go home. That is, that is a statement, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So and what happens? Well, this is how was... the episode starts. It's like the, 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 you see just some feet, you don't know who it is. They're putting the bomb hidden away on this plane. You said, Jay, this is after 9-11. This person's just walked in to the, like the hangar, set this bomb up. Um, put a timer on it. it. Says like six hours on the timer or something. So you know, shit. It's blatantly obvious as well. A, a rudimentary check of a plane before setting off would reveal this bomb completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> again, again, don't put a timer on it as well. So, are they aware that there's a bomb on their mid-flight? Only when it fucking goes off. It goes off. Yeah. It goes off. Holy shit. Yeah. This is when when it becomes like an action film as well. Like, Pon Air is a brilliant film. It's a great action film. It's ridiculous. This pisses all over that. Wow. <laughs> so, right, talk me through the scene, right, when the bomb goes off. Where, where's the camera? In the plane or from outside? Uh, you're outside. In the, you, you're in you the plane see... for most of the episode with the characters doing a bit. But then there's an external shot yeah. of the explosion. They all survive, right? Mm-mm-mm. No, they <laughs> they kill the entire Bishop family off. So Harold's surviving son, his wife, and his granddaughter gone completely. They 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 crash into the sea. The granddaughter um, is it? Is that a kid? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. she's about sixteen or something, isn't she? The the daughter. Yeah. Fucking ruthless. Gone. Bear in mind, Harold's other kid has been shot in a duck hunt as well. Yeah. And Madge croaked it a couple of years before. Jesus Christ, he's had a tough yeah. life. But then yeah. with that, so when they're going, when like they're saying bye to Harold, it's they do the kind of if I don't say it enough, I do love you, son. Like for no reason. Like I know that's the nice thing you should always, you know, tell the people you love, you love them. So straight away, you're like, that guy's fucked. Straight away, he's he's not coming back. They've made peace. He loves him, even though he was a bit hard work as a kid. He's dying on that plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. What? Susan Kennedy makes Survives. it to the hot tub. She, she don't make it to the hot tub because oh, she's. That's how the that episode show. finishes. She's in the the sea, just like so. Straight away, you're like, 
thank God Susan's all right, because she's yeah. the biggest name here. Um, she's okay. Um, who else you got? You got Izzy Hyland, who Carl's yeah. having the affair with. She's too hot, so she's okay. They've got they've saved her um and a couple of the others. Susan's character. A fella. Uh I can't remember what I think he survives as well. Yeah, I think he survives. Is it well that's it? I said to you today, I said, Oh, who actually dies then? And you were like, Well, the bit the three bishop people. That is bad odds, that. If the bomb's gone off on a plane <laughs> with about 20 people on it, it just so happens all three are from Harold's family and everyone else is okay. Like, oh. Some people are really glad this plane crash has happened as well. There's one guy who's wanted by the police. So he's like, brilliant. And like, he gets told mid-flight, oh, by the way, the police are waiting for you when we land because you've done some armed robbery and you've been caught. And he's like, oh, fuck. So he's like, brilliant. I'm, I'm off fucking scot-free here. Yeah, brilliant. There's another guy who just goes, nah, just start a new life on this beach then, shall I? Wow. Which I think I'd be tempted to do, if I'm honest. If I did survive a plane crash and land on a beach, I'd just be like, okay, well. I will be on that beach digging out a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this all added yeah. to that, like, obviously there was, there was 9-11 and like there was a, there's been... Films, like I was saying, like Con Air or action films that are on a plane and they're a bit dodgy. I, I, I can't get on a plane now without having a little check around. <laughs> like I'll, I'll have a little check at what people, like are people holding their bags a little bit too mm. tightly towards themselves? Yeah. If I sit on, if I sit on a plane, I'll always look at like the, the wing to see, because I feel like under the wing is a good place for a bomb. Also, so you, have a look about just to check if, like, if there's people on that plane that are better looking than you, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> is it. This is it. Yeah, if Drew Kirk's on that plane, you're fucked. Absolutely. Well, that's what I would think. Even <laughs> Drew wasn't safe. <laughs> Why did he ride the bloody horse? <laughs> right. So, we ever, so, we so ever... lastly, from this as well, because Harold lost all his living family now. Uh, he blames Paul Robinson for this and tries to strangle him. Uh, so Harold, Harold's got a bit, I mean, since when I watched it, he was just a, a, a bit of a wally. Is, is he yeah. a bit tasty these days then? Like, he, he, oh yeah, he, you he, wouldn't, you would not fuck with Harold. Oh, he can turn. Yeah, definitely. He can absolutely turn. <laughs> he can turn. Yeah. It's not all tubers. <laughs> it's not all playing a tuba. <laughs> no, he fucks it up. <laughs> Yeah, he walks into Paul Robinson's house and just strangles him and then leaves him for dead and then goes, tends to his flowers in his garden. Oh, incredible. Okay. Who was it who did the bomb then? It was Paul Robinson's son, estranged son. Because yeah. why? Uh, because he lived in Tasmania and Paul never came to visit him. So he was like, I'm going to fucking bomb your plane, you cunt. Yeah, no one's coming to Tasmania, dickhead. Jesus. <laughs> did you see the story about... Uh... Uh, Bishop, when on one of the, the um, set tours, when the fella gave it to him. No. So apparently, um, I, I went to see a comedy show and they were talking about it. It might have been Mark Little. I went to see Mark Little called, do this show called Defending the Caveman years and years ago. And, uh, and, and he, it must have been him that recounted this story. And apparently, at one of the the sort of set tours that you can go on and walk around, uh, you know, Ramsey Street. 
Bishop was was one of the people that was on the on the tour, like with, with fans. And then there was like a Q and A at the end, and apparently there was like a couple of pissed up lads, uh, and they're all sort of sitting there. And, and when they asked me if he had a question, apparently uh, they just said like, "Why are you such a fat prick?" or something like that. And apparently he just and literally just dropped the bomb, which is a fucking classic line as well. He just said, because every time I fuck your mum, you give me a biscuit. And, like, <laughs> and, apparently, <laughs> and apparently Bishop just dropped that on him. <laughs> but, yeah, one. I'm sure that come from the mouth of Mark Little as well. It was Mark Little, Joe <laughs> Mangle, wasn't brilliant. it? Like, yeah. And uh, I just thought, oh, I love that. I love the fact that Errol Bishop's got swagger. <laughs> Oh, Oh, wonderful. We're going to have to get him on ours now. He'll fit right in. (laughs) I'd love to get Harold on. Yeah, definitely. What's his name? Ian Smith. Ian Smith. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. (laughs) Um, Right. Are we at the top spot? Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. And we have left this one for last as well. The other's not particularly. In any order, but this one definitely is. So some people now might be thinking, "Oh, I bet they do do Kylie and Jason." No, yeah. you some people them. might. You them, like, mate. Oh, they might. They might do it. Oh, it was Bouncer's Dream. That was that was really oh, good. No, that's yeah. fucking stupid. We're not doing that. Yeah. So <laughs> the top moment, our top five moments, the the number one spot, greatest moments of Neighbours is Neighbours getting cancelled. Whoa, the- that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Every cloud, though. <laughs> yeah, after 37 years, Channel 5 decide they're not paying for this show anymore and pull the plug on it. So we, so all of a sudden, with a couple of months' notice, the, the entire TV show has got to somehow wrap up. How do, how do you wrap up 37 years of continuous storylines into a satisfying conclusion, which was really interesting i think uh, there's not many shows that have gone that long and then had to like usually shows like that just get straight up cancelled just like they don't even bother showing the episodes just just cut it and it's done where they're like no we're going to give this a send off um i don't know if they, they did particularly well with it um, yes they did in some ways yeah they did it's sort of like and there's if you if we looked at it obviously and analyzed it a little bit, and there's things in it which we'll talk about that were just stupid that they probably shouldn't have done. But as a whole, like you say, like they knew it was ending, so they had a chance to give the people what they want, cat sort of thing. Um, and like you say, that doesn't happen very often. And it was it was especially interesting for us because we'd started doing our podcast about this this show that not many people watch anymore. Some people maybe dip in and out and, and and all that kind of stuff. But all of a sudden it was it was on like BBC News. It was on, it was like everything was talking about this show. All of a sudden people loved it and it was that hit of nostalgia and, and it was in the, the public eye again. So it was interesting for us to kind of be we fell apart a bit really, didn't we? Like it was yeah. it was happening we were- around us and we were like in it, which was quite good. Yeah, we were it, in the eye of the storm. It, you know, and like, then, like other casual watchers, like it wet my whistle. I was like, I can't, because they spent a long time marketing that last episode, didn't they? And the press yeah. got hold of it. And, and obviously they were clever insofar as bringing back people from different eras. And obviously the, the initial sort of golden era of it, I guess, you know, and it was like, I'm all over this. I could not wait for it. Yeah. That was like a, a, each day you'd hear, you'd see a post on the socials. 
so-and-so signed up for it. Guy Pace has signed up. Kyle has signed up. They've got Jason as well. But it was crazy, like, hearing all these different things. Um, and then how many people actually watched it in the end? It was like millions of people tuned was in. Was it? Yeah, it was like 5 million people mm. tuned back in for the finale. Yeah, and, and then, like, TV doesn't get that no, numbers these no, days. No, it near. really doesn't. And wow. then so, we had we had issues with some like there's good bits to it the finale and the and there was some other bits that we, when we look back we were like what See, that didn't make any sense so what <laughs> were some of the things you what you you were going to say then Jay that was like bits nah. from that episode well, I said you've got thirty seven years to wrap up so a lot of it was wrapped up with sometimes just a shrug someone you literally have a character go what about this and someone would go oh, I don't know maybe this that'll do why is this guy rich all of a sudden uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, they did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was uh, one of the like the original. That was Shane Ramsey. Won it. He came back and yeah. he was a millionaire, and they just went Bitcoin. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, they, started doing, they started bringing. This is what you you annoyed you a little bit, wasn't it? Like they knew it was finishing. They knew they had to wrap things up, but for some reason, with about a week, two weeks to go, they started bringing new characters in. It was so odd. It was like really. Yeah. yeah, and then two one of the characters ago. which really stood out, like it was about two weeks to go, and it was like they'd all you can imagine the writers sitting in the room and go, "What have we never done?" And they were like, "Oh shit, we've done loads. We had we had that plane crash. We had that amnesia storyline a bit ago. Blah blah blah. Have we ever had a male gigolo?" And someone <laughs> else went, "Let me check. No, I've never had a male gigolo. I'm going to put them in. Let's get male gigolos <laughs> all week." What are you going to do? Cancel us. <laughs> so they had this guy brought in who we'd never seen before, just he like was... getting about. And he had a bit of a mystery to him. Everyone was like, oh, what's this guy's job? He seems to be, you know, quite well off. He, he keeps, he's, he's he's meeting these women. What's going on? Uh, is he a spy? Because they, they dressed it up like he was like stealing from the government or something. So yeah, like that was... was all role play. And the woman who he was who paid for his services wanted him to act like a spy so she could just shag him while her husband was away. Government were probably on it anyway. I mean, to be honest, there was probably a bit of cash in hand there anyway. So what he declared, <laughs> maybe he was having it away from the government. You never know. Yeah. I don't know how the transactions were. I'd imagine it's probably cash-based industry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Imagine that. You get your moment that you've got a new contract with neighbours and uh, and you just open the newspaper and find out the show's finishing in two weeks. That's a rough gig, isn't it? Yeah. It's really rough. There was We spoke to, to a girl, Candice, the, for her first week on the job, literally by day three, they went, yeah, we're, the show's over. And she went, what? I've just signed I've just signed a contract. And they were like, I just yeah, bought a new house. I just bought a new house. Shut up. Really? No. Oh, no. fucking hell. <laughs> but they did that with like the with that family on the street. So she'd moved in with her character had moved in fairly recently into the street, um, got this house, and they, they were started doing that. It was almost like who's because people wouldn't just move house because a show's ending. They continue to live there and live their lives, just not on a TV show. But they were trying to like, right, this person's got to move away. Someone bought a, a vineyard and they were moving to a vineyard. They don't have to. They just, the show's ending. This family, they were moving again, even though they'd only just come into the street because the show was ending. They decided, let's make that family sell their house. 
they, they don't have to. They could just live not on camera for the next 40 years. I mean, I actually thought the last episode was really good. Like, I mean, there, there was holes all over it, but yeah. you just got the money shot, didn't you? You got all the people you wanted to see in it. Yeah. And even if some of them were literally uh, just jumped on their phone and sent the, the you know, sent the producer oh, was, like yeah, a see. bit of phone footage. Yeah. But it was great. I, I, you yeah, know, I, I got all Guy, the stuff I wanted to see. Guy Pearce was phenomenal in that. He took that so seriously. Yeah. It was yeah. like it was a Hollywood production for him. He took was, it so seriously. Had Plain Jane Superbrain been in it since, like, the, the early days? Has she come back, you know, yeah, throughout the last Yeah, she'd come back a couple of years, years before. The right. Jiggler was her son. Right. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, they got, it was amazing how they got everyone back. So, they, like, obviously the ones that were in in it, but then, like you say, the ones who did Zoom calls or whatever it was and were getting involved, because you could just go, oh, there's the nests. Yeah. So, uh, that was brilliant. And then they then they did, so they did all that, and then they did, like, there was a street party kind of thing. Brilliant. But then they had, like, the ghost of Madge sat in a chair and the ghost of someone else, and they had a few ghosts. So it had it was ticking up. Have we ever had a ghost? Put her in, put her in. So they were doing <laughs> stuff like that. So you got everybody you wanted, and then I got a bit teary at the very end because Susan, as I said earlier, she got voted number one neighbor or whatever it was. She did the kind of speech at the end, didn't she? And it was kind yeah, of like that monologue. We've loved being here for you, and it was to the audience. It was like we've loved being here for you. Thanks for. For watching, kind of thing. She brought that, brought that wall, or whatever. That's and it finishes, and you're like, oh, that's that's kind of like the childhood moment. It's closed off. It's closure for the whole thing. We've done it. Pretty, pretty solid send off. Breathe. But then, what do you do when it comes back when you've done a perfect ending? Because mm. like, that's the thing. Because the the ending was so well received and there was this kind of outpouring of like, we want neighbors back. We, we miss this show. This like, this show is an institution. Like we can't imagine our lives without this show. Even if you like, even if you start watching it and we've stopped watching it loads of times, but it's kind of the comfort that it's still there in the background. If you did want to turn on the telly, it would be on. And it was, it, it hasn't started yet, has it? No, uh, September 18th. 18th of September yeah. is back. So that's, I just think it's, it's, it's crazy. Like if you've, if you've had a perfect ending for something, even though people want it back, do you still bring it back? I don't know. I'm a bit on the fence with that. If you've, if you've signed off in a, in a great way, maybe it's best to leave it because how long before people decide, oh no, actually there's a reason I stopped watching it. I mean, ultimately, that's going to happen, isn't it? Because odds like, on, yeah. But uh, do you know what? If they all get another year's worth of paychecks, that's all right. Yeah, I mean, I don't if think... we get a few more episodes out of winning, yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful! Well, um, let's let's talk about the podcast a little bit, and uh, and and so, what can people sort of expect from? Uh, I mean, if you was going to, I mentioned this to you when you come on the Pop Bible podcast. Um, I know full well that, that hardcore listening 
like uh, listeners are always jumping with both feet to anything that our guests are doing. So you're, you're going to get um, uh, 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 definitely an influx of uh, new listeners uh, after this. Um, where would you send them? Right the way to the very beginning, or would you say, do you know what? Jump in here because this episode's a cracker. They're like shit at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it took, I reckon it took us about it took us a few episodes to definitely find our feet and get get to the crux of what we wanted it to be about. Because we there are other neighbors podcasts out there, and we're like we'll always say that as well. We're not we're not for everybody who like there's there's definitely different kinds of neighbors podcasts out there. I think ours is a bit more tongue in cheek. It's it's a uh, it's dare I say, a bit more fun. It's not, we're not like pretentious about it. We're not, we just have a good time. We we love neighbours, but we also love having a joke about it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't and- know, what, what are the good episodes? Like we, we, the ones with the guests are good, but they're not necessarily the regular bread and butter podcast. I don't, I definitely go and listen to the guest ones. If if you're a new listener, definitely go and listen to the guest ones because it's actually people from the show um, and they're some of the episodes that I think we're both most proud of, aren't we? Yeah, um, definitely. Like, so our podcast, we say, like, we give it this tagline, it's sometimes about neighbours, because that's kind of the premise. We watch these episodes and we talk, but then as it has on this podcast, it just, we just end up talking about other things. Yeah. And we use that as a kind of jumping off and just talk about our lives. And because a lot of stuff that comes up in neighbours is pretty universal. So we use it as a kind of jumping point to talk about those our kind of lives as well, and uh, yeah, definitely the definitely the interviews. I think honestly, from we've we've done over a hundred episodes now, uh, which is a pretty big milestone for a podcast. Yeah, I think. absolutely. Uh, I think episode one hundred is a good. If you don't want to listen to the first hundred, listen to episode one hundred and start from there. We kind of recap what we do in the first hundred there. And go from on there on. So if it depends what you're in for. If you're in for the long haul, episode one. <laughs> Wonderful. And it is a long haul. And I, I reckon that's good though as well. Out. Like we don't sorry, Stu, we don't we don't just like like you said, what we'll we take the mick out of neighbours, but we take the mick out of ourselves as well. It's like a couple of the guests have come on and said, Oh, I was a bit nervous, but it's like chatting to my mates. And that's what it is. It's a, it's it's as if we were in the pub and we were chatting about last night's episode of neighbours, but then also saying, Do you remember that time you got handcuffed in a strip club? Like yeah. it's it's stuff like that. Um <laughs> and we take the we take the piss out of each other. Um we have fun doing it, and hopefully, if you give it a listen, you'll have a bit of a fun with us as well. Oh, wonderful. And how often do you release? Uh, weekly we've just kind of come off a summer break so we're just kind of ramping up back we're going to do stuff around neighbors returning as well yeah so we're going to watch those episodes we've got a couple of guests lined up as well oh fantastic so we're just kind of ramping back up again well if you start with you boys when um we release this uh episode we'll tag you in it so uh if people aren't following yeah. you already they can go and uh, uh follow you and, and get stuck in and yeah, that'd uh be fantastic thank you uh boys i knew this was gonna be a lot of fun and uh, and it was a proper crack and, and and thanks so much for coming on and uh and and i know full well that our listeners are going to go and head over uh, and, and check it out now and uh yeah thanks again boys i'm going to press stop but don't go thanks anywhere you. cheers it's a drunken soiree in the within Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.